0: something here this morning. Did you guys bring your Bibles? I got one one person moaned. Uh, Okay, we got another person with a Bible. What about your Bible app? Did you bring your Bible app? Let's get them open. You know, something really special happens, or should I say supernatural happens, when you actually see the Word of God, you know, with your own eyes and you begin to read along. That's why we endeavor to put the words of God up on projection, because a lot of times, we think we know what the Word of God says. And uh, so when you hear a scripture, your mind goes, well, we know that, yay. And, And you think what you know about that scripture, you think that's what it says. But then when you actually see it with your own eyeballs, And you go, no, wait a second. No, it doesn't say that. Like, there's one scripture that gets quoted a lot that that the scripture says that money is the root of all evil. I I used to think that that's what the scripture said. But then one day I opened that verse, and it says that it's the love of money. (laughs) <laughs> that, that really changes the perspective and the understanding of that verse tremendously. But until I opened the Word of God to, to realize that what I thought it said is what it didn't actually say. And it helped me to see the truth and to be able to embrace it from that point. Amen. So we encourage you to, to use your Bible. We encourage you to mark up your Bible. Uh, Just use it as a manual. And for goodness sake, make sure you you see God speaking to you through the Word of God. It's not just a book of information. It's not just a a historical archive. It is, in real time, God speaking to us in the right now. And it's there to instruct. It's there to, to correct. It's there to encourage. And it's there to, to give us light to walk in. Amen. Well, we're going to do something a little bit different this morning. And so how about uh, we solicit the, the Lord's help. I know I need his help. And uh, whether you realize it or not, you need help. <laughs> Amen. You see, back in the day, and when I say the day, this is like decades ago. We used to listen to music on a vinyl record. If you can Google it, all those of you that don't know about records. And what, what the deal was is that sound was embedded in that, that vinyl. And there had to be a transformation from the vinyl through a diamond tip needle that went to a receiver that transposed that sound that was in that record then to run a wire to a speaker that would take that that electrical signal and transfer it into sound. And it was awesome. I listened to a lot of rock and roll on those vinyls. Amen. And I had a huge, huge speakers and a very expensive... Diamond to transmit that sound accurately. Well, it's the same with the Word of God. You see, embedded in the Word of God is spiritual life. And it has to be transformed from its natural state that you see it on your app or on the screen or in the printed page it has to be transformed into that which has that spiritual substance of heaven to get it inside of you and I to do some good in our life and so we need the help of the Holy Spirit so let's let's believe for that father we thank you that you breathed your life into the Bible is spiritual life. So now we need that life that is embedded in the Word of God. We need it transformed back into that spiritual state so that we can receive it with our spirits with the help of the Holy Spirit. So we claim that we have ears that hear and we say that we have an anointing from the Holy Spirit that's empowering us to hear with our hearts. We choose to believe it, we choose to walk in the light of it. We thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Well, my wife and I have been in the pastoral ministry now for, don't hold me to this exact number, but uh, for 38 years. and. we've uh, we've seen a lot of things and there was a time years ago that we had a a, an individual in the church and she started talking to my wife and she started saying well you and pastor you have it so easy and you." you really don't have a grasp of what us people are going through. And you sit up there in your coat and tie and your nice dress and your high heels and, and you drive a nice car and you, you have this and you have that, and man, do you have it easy. And uh, I suppose in the natural, that's, that's true. But a lot of people don't realize where Marianne and I came from and what we look like, how our life looked before Christ. And some people get the impression that we always wore suit and ties. We always wore nice dresses, and my wife had the four-inch heels. Uh, But that's not true. And so it, it seemed in my heart this morning that I, I was going to share a little bit of where we came from and how we got to where it appears we've gotten today. But let me make this disclosure. Uh, none of us have ever arrived Amen. on this side of glory. Right. We're, uh, we're still working on it. We're, we're still growing. We're still trying to do things better and more like him. So don't ever get the impression that we'll get to a certain state of spirituality and then we can just coast through the rest of our life. That's just not how it is. But more importantly, I I, I want you not only to see where we came from, but I I want you to know how we got to where we are today. And again, I'm not trying to illuminate and to lift us up. it's, It's all because of God's grace. Does that make sense? I grew up in the the 70s. And as you probably know, that the 70s was known for a lot of riotous living. And I was all in. I was what people had coined as a hippie. I had longer hair than my wife, it was awesome. And we had gotten involved in the drug culture. And we also got involved in alcoholism. And my life before Christ is that I was addicted to drugs. I was dealing drugs. And I couldn't go to sleep at night unless I was completely drunk. And I was in total bondage to the ways of the world. I was living with Mary then my girlfriend, pretending like we were a couple, but we had no agreement of marriage. And so everything about our life was anti God. Everything of our life was living for the moment. And sharing the joy of doing that with a a lot of good time buddies, who at that time I called a friend. And so it had gotten to the place where everything that I had accumulated in the short life that I had in my early 20s, I mean, I had my own house, I had a lot of toys, a lot of things of this world, and was living this life of of liberty and rebellion and high as a kite. But then with that lifestyle, things began to erode. I had a house that was up in the foothills up out of Salt Lake City that had a creek running in it. It was a gorgeous little valley we lived in. We owned this house. I lost it. I lost most of all my furniture and my clothes because the woman at that time that I was living with kicked me out. And all I had to my name was my powerful stereo system, my Nike camera, and a 51 Chevy panel wagon, and a black lab. And I came back to Colorado, broken. And in the process of time, I began to hunger for something that I didn't know what it was. The drugs were no longer satisfying me. I still felt an emptiness in my life. That's why I had to have the alcohol to get me to sleep at night. And then one day, a man crossed my path that really irritated me. He was always happy. He was always saying, praise the Lord. And a part of me hated his guts. He was working for Neil Sprague, who's my spiritual dad. His name, this this new worker was named Raymond Noyes, and he made a lot of noise. He kept telling me about this guy named Jesus, and I wasn't having it, because I was brought up a good Lutheran boy, and I already had Jesus. After all, I got hosed down as a baby, I went through catechism and got a certificate, And at one time, I was a member of the Lutheran Church. So I'm, you know, on my way to heaven. I don't need you and all your noise and all this that you're saying. But there was something about this guy. You know, it's like an accident. You want to look away, but you can't. And he started to say things that began to resonate somewhere deep inside of me. And he brought me to the Valley of Decision. And that night, after I left his house, I was living up on the south end of Carter Lake. Mary Ann had already left the house and had gone to what I would call an apartment apartment. And I stepped outside his house. It was late at night. It was a, a night where the Colorado sky was just twinkling with stars because there was no moon. And there weren't any streetlights up there on Sprague Avenue either. And them, them stars, you almost you could touch them. And all of a sudden on the inside of me, I recognized that I wasn't on my way to heaven. I realized that I needed someone to save me in the condition that I was in. I got tired of having to get high and get drunk just to get happy, and then to wake up being miserable, and I wanted something to fill that hole that was in my heart. So that night, I I looked up to that sky, and I I just said a very simple phrase. I said, Jesus, come into my heart. Be be my Savior. In a moment, it it seemed that, that this weight rolled off of my life. I can't explain it because it it was spiritual. It wasn't emotional. It was in a spiritual event. Just all of a sudden, this weight just rolled off of me. And All of a sudden, I had this peace and this joy inside of me. I remember my situation hadn't changed. But something changed in here. And there was a lightness in a instant I became a new person I can't explain why this doesn't happen to everybody but the minute that I accepted him into my life I became free from my addiction to drugs I was freed from alcoholism. I was free from talking like the world with using those colorful antidotes and cuss words that we like to throw in to put in emphasis to what we say. All those cuss words, all those four-letter words left my vocabulary. And just about every time I would... Talk, I would say, praise the Lord. But h- how many of you know that that, emphoric, that 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 release that happens, that transformation, that birth that takes place? It's joy only lasts for a little while. Again, some things can't be explained. But the Lord showed me, and I didn't know it was Him showing it to me, but I began to unconsciously start following him and at the time I didn't realize that he was the one leading me I I didn't realize he was the one showing me the way to stay free it's one thing to get free but it's another thing to stay free and so subconsciously he drew me into three steps of getting what happened on the inside to start taking form on the outside. And that's what came to me this morning as I was getting ready for church. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to share these three steps, these three things to implement in any person's life and you can get free from whatever has you entangled. Anything. You ready? I got one person. Anyone else? You ready? The first thing that the Lord showed me that I needed to dive into His book and to begin allowing this book to reveal reality to me. Again, I don't know how I knew to do that. But I used other books that pointed to this book. You see, we need to use tools, and and we're going to talk about this here in a couple of weeks. We need to use tools that unlock the revelation that's in this word. if a person only has the Bible to read they will grow at a very slow rate but when you have those that teach the word with an anointing your growth will happen at at a accelerated rate I know that sounds a little weird to, to you it sounded weird weird to me when I first got a hold of this but the Word of God needs an anointing to begin perceiving and realizing what it's saying and if you just read it yourself that anointing is very low but when you have a vessel that that is anointed and is teaching that word you'll begin growing at an accelerated rate and so I got these little books called faith food and we pass them out like candy around here and if you don't have a faith food and you want one put your hand up Sharon just tell her you want a faith food and you'll get it and so every day I would take my faith food, which is a daily devotion, and it would take me like three to five minutes, and it gives me a scripture, it explains the scripture, and then it gives me something to believe concerning that scripture to activate it in my life. I did that every day. I took it to work and read it to the men at work. So I guess I turned into that guy that irritated me. Now I'm that guy that was irritating everyone else. I want you to, could you put up 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2? And, and please extend enough grace to me this morning to get all the way through this, please. 1 Peter 2, 2 says, as a newborn baby, you know, in order to start growing, you and I have to realize that we're babies compared to God. That's humbling as a man it's really humbling but spiritually speaking when we come into Christendom we are a blank page and we have to begin growing from this babyhood stage and he has given us the Word of God to cause us to grow he says that we're to desire everybody say desire the milk of the word why so that we may grow by feeding upon it and so i began a daily regiment of getting the word of god in me i was being fed the word of god and i i i purposed in my heart that whatever it said i would believe even though i didn't understand it and 95% of everything I heard I didn't understand. But I received it. Do you think that when you stick a bottle in a baby's mouth, it understands what you're doing? They understand what that milk will do to them? Oh, they just, they just get it in them. And they don't understand it at all but they grow. The Word's the same way. Don't wait to understand a Scripture to believe a Scripture. There's so much we don't understand, but yet you can get the benefit of it anyway just by believing it. I just helped somebody right there. Now, along with feeding on the word at home, then my girlfriend, Marianne, we decided that we were going to be churchy. How many of you know that I didn't think of that? How many of you know that I didn't come up with that? Somewhere on the inside, I knew I needed to go to church but not just any church. I went to one of them churches that at first scared me because they would raise their hand in worship. That's something I never saw before in a Lutheran church. They actually taught from the word of God and explained what it meant. They embraced the Holy Spirit and were actively seeking Him and allowing Him to have expression in services. I saw people being prayed for and hands laid on them. Never saw that before. But then one by one, when I saw these things, I began seeing it in the Word of God. And went. Oh, I get it now. Put up Hebrew ten. Twenty-five. Hebrews ten twenty-five. And let me just make a statement while you're getting this up. If a Christian. Is struggling in life, the primary reason that they're struggling is because they don't go to church. Better said they don't go to the right church. Today we have a people that think that they can go to church at their house. We have people here that they think that they're spiritual enough that they, they 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 don't need church. Then why would God put this verse in Hebrews ten twenty five? He says, "Do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together." That means going to church. Everybody say that means going to church. In all these years that my wife and I have been in the pastoral ministry, very rarely does our congregation have this crazy problem in their life. But those that don't go to church some way find their, their way to us and say, help us. And we do the best we can to help them. But the reason they're in that what they're dealing with is because they haven't been going to church. And so you're trying to give them in one prayer what they've been missing for five years that they haven't been going to church. It is amazing how smooth things have gone for my wife and I because we go to church. Well, you're the pastor. You got to go to church. (laughs) No, I don't. I make myself come. You know, this morning, I didn't feel like coming. That bed was feeling really good. I made myself come. Because, you know, when the word flows out of me, to you, I get a little bit of it too. And I need it. I said, I need it. So the first step is, get the word in you. And number two, this is like 1A and 1B. You get the word at the church house. You get the word at the church house. That's why God created the church. To equip, to to mature, you and I. Amen? so he's working through the church to cause you to grow he's not working through your living room to get you to grow step number two be productive be productive in your life you see when I was involved in drugs And alcohol and all the activities that go with that, it makes you self centered. And everything's about you. And so you stop being productive to a certain degree because your life is serving yourself. So when you start following the Lord, Part of what helps you free is to have a purpose in life. Your purpose is no longer you and making your flesh happy. Your purpose now is to be productive in some sort of productivity. You'll notice that most people that are that are bound by addiction and and alcoholism, many of them don't work. Right? Why don't they work? Because they want to serve themselves and maintain that position of addiction. So now they have no purpose other than that. I want you to see a very interesting scripture. Go over to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Go to verse 10, Vince. We'll start in verse 10. And this is Paul speaking to the church at Thessalonica. And he says, even when we were with you, so he came in visited this church that he raised up. This we commanded you. You notice it didn't say suggested. Look at this. He did what? He commanded you. What did he command the church to do? That if any of you would not work, if any of you would not be productive, neither should that person eat. What's that mean? Well, this particular church was going through a hard time. And money was scarce. Food was scarce. And so they began to share amongst themselves in the church. But they found some that would come and they weren't productive. They were unwilling to work. And so Paul says, stop feeding them. Now, doesn't that sound a little harsh? But the reason that they're not working is because they're consumed with themselves. And so, if you keep feeding them when they're not productive, you're now facilitating them being lazy and non productive. And you're giving them time to do what? Feed their addiction, serve their addiction. So he says, if anyone comes to eat the food that you're sharing together and they're not productive, they're not working or they're not serving at the church, don't feed them. Go to the next verse, please. It's kind of quiet in this church this morning. What's, what's going on? It's, it's just quiet. How do you know that he's telling us and giving us instruction, instructions to help us? For we hear that there are some which walk among you and they're disorderly. That's code for pain in the buttocks. (laughs) Working not at all, but are busybodies. Next verse. Now them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they should work and eat their own bread. Yeah. Meaning that in being, being a, a part of being productive, then the joy I get knowing that the Lord helped me to produce what I'm eating. If they just get it for for not doing anything, then it has no value to them. But if they had to earn it, now it tastes really good. Does that make sense? Now, part of this productivity is to serve in your church. It's see a church like a household. If I have an 18 year old teenager living in my house, don't you think maybe he should be doing something in the house? Like cutting the grass, taking the trash out, Amen. doing this, doing that? Right? Now, they're, now they have purpose. Now they're being productive. Now they're a part of the household, not just, what was that word we used to use? A moocher. Is that a, is that a real word, moocher? Does anybody know what that word, my mom used it all the time. What's that word mean? Somebody Google moocher. I'm not quite sure how to spell it. Well, a moocher, I would assume, means a freeloader. And that they're eating off the fruit of other people's labor. So now what you're giving them has no value to them because they had nothing to do with producing it. And then that lowers their self-esteem. Amen? Now, you understand that there are some people that do fall on hard times. And the Lord will direct you to help them. But if you're handing out to the same person over and over and over, and there's no change in their life, now you've located them. They're having hard times because their unwillingness to be productive. So at that point, you have to make a choice. Amen? Amen? Should I stay on this point or move to the last one? (laughs) Let's let's move on. It's it's way too quiet in this church. Now remember, through the quietness in this room, I sense a little bit of a struggle. But I need to get free and to stay free. And these things that I was doing was not necessarily something that I wanted to do. I liked the easy life. And sometimes you just have to do what you got to do. And any person that doesn't have purpose is going to fall right back into their old habits. Number three, this one is just as good as the last one. And again, all these things that I was doing, I was doing subconsciously. The third thing that my wife and I did is that we dumped, or we got rid of, every one of our good time friends. And this was the hardest thing that I had to do. I remember one night that our next-door neighbor, who was one of our good-time buddies, it was a Friday night. I I believe it was either a Friday or Saturday night. We were close enough that we were hearing the good old rock and roll music and all the cars parked out front there that weren't normally there during the day, which meant they were having a party. And I knew I couldn't go. And at the time I thought these people were friends, you know what I'm talking about? Now, I'm German. That's my, the national, That's the nationality of my flesh. And we're not given to emotion but that night i was crying tears because i couldn't go to that party it hurt so much i thought i was turning my back on them because i thought they were my friends put up 1 corinthians chapter 15 verse 33 1 corinthians 15 verse 33 Don't be deceived. So he's helping us from being deceived. Evil communications or evil relationships, they corrupt good manners. Now that's a little blind to us from the King James, but understand that no person, can rise above the behavior of the people they hang out with. When you're in a group setting, you will always bring yourself down to their level. And they will hold you in that position as long as you continue to have that relationship with you. Now, these people that we just, now you understand that if we would see them somewhere, we're nice to them. Hey, how you doing? Everything okay, you know? Miss you. We, we, we loved them, but we loved them from a distance. Somehow we knew that if we, continu- if we went back to be with them, we would go back to being like them. And the most obvious way that you can see this in, in motion was at high school. There were all these groups. You knew who the cowboys were because their buckle would blind you as they walked by. They all wore the same buckle, the same Wrangler jeans, same cowboy boots, same hat. They all, it's like a cookie cutter. You all know who the goth people were. And if these terms are out of date, it's because I'm out of date. Okay? So they all dressed in black. They all had the the dark lipstick on, the painted dark fingernails. Cookie cutter. You knew who the jocks were. We called them heads. You knew who the druggies were. Because, like, man, you always, you always saw them. They, they were so obvious, you know, man. <laughs> they all talked the same. They all had their own little lingo. Why? Because they're all hanging out together. And now they're identifying with them in this group. And in this group, you feel good because we're all alike. and We're all doing the same thing. And that makes it okay. And that's why we have to leave the relationships that we can't live like that anymore. Because it'll just bring us back to bondage. I took these three steps... And, and over a short amount of time, I'm talking just a couple of years, my wife and I were completely transformed. And because we had given our life into his hands. And we got to the place that we didn't care that people were talking about us behind our backs. Those people that I thought my friends, I found out they weren't friends at all. There are other reasons why they seem to be friends. And once those other things ceased to exist, then they wanted nothing to do with us. Nobody was happy for us. Nobody was, you know, wow, you're free. That's awesome. And so if, if anybody that's bound by anything, I don't care what it is, if you take these three steps, you're going to see yourself over the process of time, you're going to be completely free. Because here's what people try and do. They have a habit in their life that they, de- they don't like. They want to get free from it, whatever it may be. So they just try and put it out of their life. Well, when they put it out of their life, it leaves a hole and creates a vacuum. And something's going to find its way right back there. But if you get filled up with the things of God, it'll start pushing those things out of your life. If you start reading the Bible every day, You're using your daily devotional, and you're getting the word in you. You're getting the word of God every day. You're talking to God every day. You're going to church every week. You're in that heavenly environment on a regular basis. And you're productive in life. You're not a freeloader. You have a self-image of being productive that gives you value and worth. And you're, 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 you're serving at the church, whatever it might be. And, and, and you're picking who you're going to spend time with. You don't respond to every visitate, uh, every invite. There are certain people you know what it's going to be like when you get there because within 15 minutes of being in their presence, you're going to start talking like them. But that's not you anymore. That's not you. You're a new creature in Christ. And yes, we are different. And yes, not everybody likes us. But I, I heard that Jesus had the same reputation. Yeah. Not everybody liked him. Yeah. Remember, they crucified him. No, not everybody liked him. Yeah. Yeah. And so there will be a price to pay to live this kind of lifestyle. You now paint a target on you that you're one of them. But you know, I'd rather be one of them who's free that has purpose and is growing in the things of God. Because this life isn't all that there is. We're, we have another life we're heading to. Does that make sense? So, you out there on, on the stream and right here in this sanctuary, I'd like you to bow your heads in, in, in respect to the Lord. I want every one of you to know, both here and out there on the video, there is a heaven to gain, and there is a hell to shun. Heaven is a real place. Hell is a real place. And we choose individually which place we go to when we leave this earth. And there's only one way to heaven, and that's through a person. His name is Jesus Christ. He said himself that no man goes to the Father, no man goes to heaven except through me. And salvation is not joining a church. Salvation is not based solely on being a good person. Salvation is simply receiving jesus christ into your life by asking him to come into your life and he gives us eternal life as as an act of his grace you see salvation can't be earned and and you and i certainly don't deserve it but god is willing to give it to us freely but here's the catch you have to receive it yourself Receiving Jesus is by praying a prayer. It goes kind of like this. Jesus, I believe in you. I'm asking you to come into my life and be my Lord. That's pretty much it. So while your head's bowed, your eyes are closed, I'm talking to you out there on the live stream. If, If you want to receive Jesus Christ right now, then just simply put your hand up real quick. All, all heads are, are bowed, all eyes are closed. Nobody's going to see you put your hand up. Just put your hand up and say, yeah, I'll pray that prayer with you. If that's you, slip it up real quick. Out there on the stream, I don't care where you are, put your hand up if you want to receive Jesus right now. The Bible tells us that today is the day of salvation. It doesn't say in three weeks is the day of salvation. No, it says today. Because the only thing that you and I have power over is today. Anyone here? Okay, I believe that someone there in the live stream has their hand up, so I want everyone to lift up your eyes to me. Look at me. We're going to pray this together out loud. You out there, every one of you, whether you're saved or not, or if this is your first time, pray this out loud. Say this Father in heaven, Father in heaven, you sent to me your son, Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus Christ is God in flesh. He came to die for me. I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross with my sins. And on the third day, you were raised from the dead right now is an act of my will I ask you Jesus and all that you did for me to come into my life now I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior I thank you because I've called upon your name I'm now saved therefore on the inside I'm forgiven I'm clean I'm in right standing with God. And when I leave this earth, I'm going to go to heaven. Because today, July 17th, 2022, at Birth and Family Church, I receive Jesus as my Savior. Thank you, Lord. I'm on my way to heaven. Can you thank him? Hallelujah. Now, if that was you on the live stream, God did this whole service just for you. I had notes for another service, and the Lord said, no, this is what you're going to talk about this morning. Well, he did it for you. (laughs) Wow. So we want to help you. Uh, Write us on the email, BFC, the initials of the church, BFC 3982 at gmail.com just connect with us with an email and just say I'm so and so and I received Jesus as my Lord when you prayed that prayer we're going to send you some material to help you and we'll get it to you free of charge and we're not going to take your email and send it all over wherever that's not our reason for wanting your email our reason for wanting your email today is to help you so reach out to us. We'd be glad to help you. And uh, we just thank you for your sincerity and and, and your